The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Medjinomics with a friend of Megagoria. Once there was a little red hen who lived in a barnyard with her three chicks and a duck, a pig, and a cat. One day the little red hen found some grains of wheat. Look, look, she clucked. Who will help me plant this wheat? Not I, quacked the duck. And he waddled away. Not I, winked the pig, and he trotted away. Not I, meowed the cat, and he padded away. Then I will plant it myself, said the little red hen. And she did. When the wheat was tall and golden, the little red hen knew it was ready to be cut. Who will help me cut the wheat, she asked. Not I said the duck. Not I, said the pig. Not I, said the cat. Then I will cut the wheat myself, said the little red hen, and she did. Now, said the little red hen, it is time to take the wheat to the miller so he can grind it into flour. Who will help me? Not I, said the duck. Not 
I," said the pig. "Not I," said the cat. "Then I will have to take the wheat to the miller myself," said the little red hen, and she did. The miller ground the wheat into fine white flour and put it into a sack for the little red hen. When she returned to the barnyard, the little red hen asked, "Who will help me make this flour into dough?" "Not I," said the duck, the pig, and the cat all at once. "Then I will make the dough myself," said the little red hen, and she did. When the dough was ready to go into the oven, the little red hen asked, "Who will help me bake the bread?" "Not I," said the duck. "Not I," said the pig. "Not I," said the cat. "Then I will bake it myself," said the little red hen, and she did. Soon the bread was ready. As she took it from the oven, the little red hen asked. Well, who will help me eat this warm, fresh bread? I will," said the duck. "I will," said the pig. "I will," said the cat. "No, you won't," said the little red hen. "You wouldn't help me plant the seeds, cut the wheat, go to the miller, make the dough, or bake the bread. Now my three chicks and I will eat this bread ourselves." And that's just what they did. You won't find any place where Jesus spoke in the Bible theologically, intellectually. He taught by parables. Here it is: God coming down to the earth into the flesh, and He's not showing off His genius because the way He taught was genius. He got all His points across through things like the little red hand. What's happening right now today? Why is this important story? Because it's better than theology. August twenty fifth, twenty nineteen. L.A. says, "Work and witness for the kingdom of heaven, that it may be good for you here on earth." Do you understand what L.A. says? To work here for the kingdom of heaven, and the results of that, that it's going to be good for you here on earth. We're in a situation right now that people are still wringing their hands, thinking we're going to come back to the normal. It's not going to. The Virgin Mary's not here for forty years, except to intercept the evil system, the Antichrist system that's there, of which she will crush. Continuing the same message of August twenty fifth, twenty nineteen, Our Lady says, "Work for the kingdom of heaven, that it may be good for you here on earth." What did the little red hen do? She fed her family. Those who didn't want to work, they were playing around. And it continues to be good for you here on earth. And then she says, "God will bless your effort a hundredfold." So what you do in your work through prayer is going to be multiplied one hundred times. That's not a parable. That's not exaggeration. She said that. We know she talks to us, so the little red hen prospered, while the cat and the pig and the duck just looked on everybody else working. Every time the red hen asked them, they were playing and doing something else, laughing at her, having fun. 
We got to have fun. We got to live it up. We're not going to work for our future. Let's just enjoy life. In the book, one of the scenes shows a cat running off a guitar, the pig running off a fishing pole. People like to go fishing. They like to go football games. The duck just want to swim around and sunbathe. Every opportunity that the mother hen offered to them that they would get something back to help her, they denied it. And this is what a lady's doing. A lady said December 2nd, 2019, a lady says the word work and says this about it, is the joy and comfort of earthly life. The little red hen with, with her baby three chicks had a very comfort dinner that evening. And the cat and the pig and the duck were hungry because all they wanted to do is go to the beach, go to the football games, the coffee shops, playing with their phones, playing with all these things. And then when everything crashes, can you share your food? Can you help us? You didn't use the time that God gave to you with the mother, like the mother hen. This is what you need to be doing for your earthly comfort. God's going to bless your efforts a hundredfold. August 2nd, 2017, the says, pray in work and thoughts. So work is holy. You're praying in a church or you're praying at your work. God hears the same thing. It's not elevated higher in the church. And actually, to be praying in work, you're probably getting more graces. They said, August 14th, 1989, I would like to see in the future parents and the families work and pray as much as they can with their children. Why? She ends, it says, to strengthen their spirit. Work is consolation. And we have too much idleness right now. You know what the nuns always told us in grammar school? Idleness is the workshop of the devil. That's what the cat and the pig and duck did. The youth, the millennium, are living a life of idleness. All they do is go to school. Our lady says, September 9th, 1988, your mother, just like the little hen, warned them, you're not going to help me grow the wheat, separating the chaff from the wheat. She was always inviting over and over and over. This message of Elaine says that your mother is warning that Satan is at work. She didn't say he is at temptation. He is at work. He's not sitting around idle, but he needs you to be idle because that's his workshop. Our lady continues, just like the little red hen, I would like you to pay special attention to the fact that Satan is at work in a special way with the young. We got a sorry group of people across the world right now, not connected to God. They may be going to church, but they're wired directly to the devil. Our Lady continues, During this period, I would like you to pray in the families with your children. I would like you to talk with your children. I would like you to exchange your experiences. Because see, the parents today and to the 70s and 50s, they work as youth to exchange your experiences and help them to solve all their problems. What? What kind of problems does a four-year-old have? A five-year-old or a 10-year-old? What kind of problems? 
We have a culture in the world that has bloomed out because the youth don't know how to work. And you know what our kids here do? They work. I'm telling you, four and five-year-olds work here. And they work hard. And they're joyful. And they don't have no problems. When they wake up, they play. Play is work for them. We have a four or five-year here in, in Carrot House. One of them's named Polly, and one was named Hannah. It's like a little story. We could take pictures and make a little book because they're following all day long the woman who cleans the tabernacle. What are they doing? They came to her. She didn't go to them. They go into the bathroom. They're helping her clean. Every morning, their routine is to go play work and clean. That's what's happened at Caritas. Our kids wake up and do not think, oh, I got a problem. Oh, I'm depressed. They play from daylight into the dark. You've seen pictures and some of the things we sent out that our children, when the batteries run out, they just go sleep wherever they are. The auditorium, in the print shop, outside. I just saw a picture because we're putting our calendar together and we got one of the kids laying on a block of concrete completely dead asleep. The batteries ran out. They had so much fun. They had no burdens or problems. And they had sweet dreams. His face is laying on concrete. This message where they says, help them solve their problems. Children don't have problems. The problem is the parents. If you have teenagers and they're not working and they're sitting around after school at the coffee shop or wherever else or going to the movies, you're either brain dead or you're an idiot. And that's what you're going to make your children to be. No children should have any problem. When I was growing up, we were given a week of washing the dishes. And we were mostly an avoid family. And to this day, I don't mind washing dishes. Actually, I like it because my mind's free. All my work is occupied constantly in thoughts and thinking and writing. We're coming to an age. No, no, we're not coming into it. We're in the age that you're going to have. A lot of cats and pigs and ducks, hey, we want to eat. We'll go to work. Well, we don't know how to work. And we don't want it to work. And that's because of you parents. All these kids after school, do you realize they can go to Walmart and get a job? Making $15 an hour. My generations, we worked. And we didn't get a car free. We didn't have a credit card to go buy coffee. Our parents didn't give that. That would be anathema. It was not even thinkable. All the youth, they get the car, they get the that, they borrow it from the parents. You're not giving them what they need. You're destroying them. I started off working at a grocery store. I tried to do it at 14. They wouldn't hire me because at that point, you were underage. So the next time I did application, instead of putting, when I turned 15, I put 16 on it. So I got a job. The minimum wage was $1.40 for an hour's worth of work. I would go straight from school and sack groceries, but we made more money on our tips. I saved every penny I had through the next several years. And you know what I did? After three or four years of working like that, I went to the Ford dealership and ordered me a Mach 1 Shelby Mustang, the hottest car out there with a 302 Boss engine in it. All the guys that sat in with me, they couldn't wait for it to come in. It was going to take like six weeks or something like that. Man, they were all over me. They just couldn't wait to this thing get in. 
day after day after day. God started putting something in my heart. Why are you buying that? That's a $7,000 car. You can buy a nice car for $3,000. But I wanted that yellow Mustang. But God put something in my heart to change the trajectory of my whole life and my whole financial future. Why are you buying that? What are you going to do with it that you can't do with something less? And what I did, I canceled it. And all the guys ribbed me like you can't believe it. Oh, yeah, you had this big Mustang. You're going to do that. Oh, yeah. You know, they were saying my name over this and just mocking me, making fun of it. And that what helps me today because I wasn't thin-skinned. I knew I made the decision. But I went from the Mustang all the way down to the lowest car that Ford had. You know what it was? A Pinto. A little Pinto. You're talking about the laughing stock of everything. But you know, I didn't care because I had still money in the bank. And I got in business. And I started making money. You parents today, do not give your kids a car. Don't chaperone them all over the place. Put them to work. If they take that job at Walmart for $15 an hour, $14, what part, country you're in, do you realize every hour and a half they can buy one and a half ounce of silver? I didn't spend any of my money when I was working. I saved it. So your teenagers can go to work and buy silver, which in the future is going to be worth a lot, and just in their four years of high school can set themselves up financially for the rest of their life. Oh, 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 no, that's not right, friend of misery. Our kids, they have to play sports. That's garbage. Even though I'm athletic, I didn't play any sports in high school. I wanted to set my future up, not in college, in high school. What is sports going to do for you? Oh, there's a lot of lessons for it. No, there's no lessons compared to working. And the constellation, how many of them is going to turn professional? A lot of this is the fathers and the mothers. It's their ego on it. When I came into Medjugorje, we were doing soccer. We were playing football, everything. You know what I did? The first thing I did, I pulled my kids out of sports. And they were very athletic. The coaches at high school was really angry with me. They said, your kids are Olympic material. They wanted to come to my house. But a lady showed me, that's not the future. And it's idleness. And it's a waste. I saw the other day on track about 15 or 20 kids running around the track. I'm not against athletics. Like our kids, they play. But those kids, if they all had jobs, they would set themselves up for the future. And when the future fails, even now... With the silver they could be putting aside, they don't have to go to their next-door neighbor, the little red hen. Oh, can we have some food? Can you take care of us? If you work hard, you work off stress, and problems go away because you get self-esteem from working. Forbes did a report about parents and the education system. They said, quote, we have devalued the learning value of work. Wow. And it could be the biggest disaster of all. Wow. In a world that has increasingly emphasized the importance of education, it is a catastrophe. Failure to not celebrate the education value of work. When you go to work, that's education. You get the abilities of how to enter into the workforce. You have people coming out of college don't know how to do anything. And so the greater part of the millennials is worthless. 
like the pig wanted to go fishing, they want to be playing with their cell phones. You want to hear something shocking? Only 5% of high school graduates are prepared for success in the workplace. 95% are not successful. They don't know how to do what they need to do. And you see, our lady just told us a few days ago, they want to put you in bonds and to use you. It is not from God. This is the atomic bomb. Because if you don't know how to do anything, you're going to be slaved. You're going to be forced to do things. And you're going to learn hard labor like a slave. Parents, you better wake up. You better get to the land. You have to teach your children to contribute to their keep so they can know how to do it when they leave the nest instead of going to welfare. Oh, give us some bread. You didn't help to get the bread. No, you're not going to get it. You know what Forbes says about the parents? They say, quote, Parents have devalued real work in favor of school homework and higher education. I'm violently, strongly, with my whole being, against college. You don't need it, and don't go there. It's a waste, and it destroys the morals. It doesn't strengthen the spirit, like our lady said in the message. And that's why we have so many people think it's so weird today. It's not even logical. Parents have devalued real work in favor of school homework and higher education. In our school, we don't give no homework. When they're out of school, they can go play. And I'm talking playing. They got to go work. They got to get on a tractor. They got to feed the horses. They got to feed the cows. They got to feed the chickens. They got to do something in the print shop. They got to go into shipping here. They go wash the cars here. They got to help keep up the grounds and many, many things. I'm telling you, we have six and seven-year-old kids here that know more than somebody coming out of high school. We have kids driving tractors. And they can't even sit in the seat because they can't reach everything, so they stand up driving the tractor. And I'm talking about tires taller than a man. People start dying laughing. They can't believe it. So Forbes thinks about how much we've put emphasis on homework and higher education. It continues and says, Admission offices have devalued paid work for after-school activities. When I put my kids out of sports, I was questioned by a reporter. They said, Don't you think you're sheltering your children? I said, yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. I don't like what sports has turned into. Kaepernick and all this stuff. I'm telling you, just like the Coliseum, as Christianity started getting stronger, it went away. Sports is going away, people. The laps and the sweat and the work. You put in sport, put it into a garden, into animals, into a way of life. And God would bless you a hundredfold. And so this continues from Ford's. These sentiments have been captured by the common reframe among parents that the child's job is to get good grades. Good grades? From first grade, I had bad grades. Second grade, all the way through eight grades, I had bad grades. All through high school, bad grades. I'm not talking about just C's. I'm talking D's and F's. You've heard me say it before. I've written it. In third grade, I flunked, and I've got the report card. I got 72 D's and 13 F's, and to this day, I'm proud of that because I never felt I was stupid. I just didn't like school. I'd go to the library and read everything, and I didn't care a whole lot about school. All you need to do is teach your kids three things, reading, writing, and arithmetic, 
and throw away the TV, the cell phones, take a room in there, your den, and make a big library. When the community comes home on Thanksgiving, you know where everybody is? The whole community is through the day because we spend the whole day together in the house and everybody has books. We've got subjects on everything. It's fascinating. If you looked out through a window, you would say, wow, this is where it's supposed to be. And we discuss these things. You know what our mother hen, when she came here, what she did to us? She was going to show us something. On November 20th, 1988, the second apparition in the bedroom, the first message, she comes to this valley, and you know what she says? May your life be prayer. So that's the first priority. And then you know what she says? Something incredible. She says, may your work. What is work? What is she talking about? What kind of work? May your work be offered as a prayer. And what's supposed to happen from that work? She continues by saying, be offered as a prayer and may everything that you do, what are you going to be doing? Working? Everything that you do bring you to me. We know that we have brought hundreds of thousands of people to Our Lady through our work here. She consecrated our work. She showed this. It was in my DNA, and I passed it on and trained the community the same way. And the fruit of that, that we know, and I know, because people haven't broken the messages up, they're going to have to go to the earlier sources, just like the early Christians. How did they live Christianity? How are we going to leave these messages? And they have broken the messages into a way of life here. A life that everything that you do bring you toward me. Our Lady gave those words for seeing the future, what she wanted here. And when people come here, and they want to stay with us, they work with us. They join the community, and everybody likes it because there's nothing more beautiful bringing people to conversion with your life. Let everything that you do and everybody that you meet be an encounter with God. When you come here, you encounter God because He's on the grounds. He's everywhere. Our Lady is. I want to finish with one thing. It's called the marshmallow experiment. What they did is they got hundreds of children that's four or five years old in the 1960s, and they'd bring one in the room, and the researcher put a marshmallow on the table, and they explained to the child, if you don't eat that, when I come back in a few minutes, I'll give you a second one. So they walk out. They were filming these children, and some of them immediately just gobbled it down. Others scrummed around. They were looking at it. They were trying not to eat it, and they ate it. The ones who didn't eat it, they gave them the other marshmallow, and they had two. What they discovered was delayed gratification. It didn't end at that. They tracked these people for the next 40 years. Interesting that. That is 40 years, just like going to the promised land. And they saw the ones that gobbled down the marshmallow instead of delaying, was not as successful in life. They had difficulties. They had problems. They were obese, and they didn't handle stress very good. And the list goes on. As far as those who delayed that were successful, they had better social skills, and across the board of the range of life, they were above average. There's red hens out there raising their baby chicks the right way, but very, very few. There's a blog by a millennial 
And she said, we're not following our parents. We don't want to buy a house. We want to travel. She basically condemns the right thinking you should have. What she says is stunning. She says, when we get the opportunity, we're going to take advantage of an improvement in woman's access to birth control, reproductive rights. Some younger women are engaged in careers instead of having families that they don't want. These are important options to us. There is more choice. There is more freedom. A lady gave a message that said, your freedom is your weakness. And the millennials have too much freedom. You got to make them go hungry. Don't give them money. Make them earn it. Make them go around the neighborhood, cut grass, whatever you have to do. This girl contradicts everything Elise says. She continued talking about our own moral compasses, our own way. This is just a reflection of who we are. They admit it. And yet, our lady just told us, October 20th, 21, who prays is open to life and respects the life of others. And then she says, you will feel the freedom of the children of God and enjoy. We have a whole generation of kids are going to be in bondage because God is love and freedom. Therefore, little children, when they want to put you in bonds and use you, it is not from God. The millennium's philosophy is not from God. You parents, you grandparents, your neighbors, you better start fighting now. Listen to this again. There's a lot to think about because this generation is going to be taking care of you when you're older and you're dispensable. They're going to be using euthanasia. Reflect on everything I said to you because it's everything from our lady and we live this. We're sinners, but we live in our lady's way. We issue our lady. We love you. Good night. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Medjinomics broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.